Hi there. Welcome to the 15th instalment of the Stay Frosty Parkrun podcast. I'm your host, Emu, and I'm going to be here for about the next 20 minutes or so to talk about running for women. This will include an interview with my sister Nikki about her parkrun experience, and I'll also be announcing my star parkrunner and my featured parkrun of the week, as well as updating my Christmas calendar and, of course, filling you all in on our recent parkrun exploits this weekend. As always, I'd love to be able to share your parkrun stories or read your comments on the Facebook page, and if you want to get in touch with me, you can email me on stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com or by leaving a message on the Stay Frosty Parkrun Facebook page or putting a comment on there. Although parkrun is enjoyed by everyone, of every gender, age, nationality, orientation or ability, I've noticed that there seem to be quite a lot of magazines which target women and men specifically for running. To this end, I'm going to do a women's special, and then later on I'm going to do a men's special, possibly early in 2019. If there's another group of parkrunners that you'd really like me to cover as a subject for one of my podcasts, again, feel free to email me or get in touch. I'd love to hear your ideas. So, first I'm going to review some sports bras, look at advice for women who are pregnant or have recently had a baby, and any other tips for female runners, as well as look at my sister Nikki's take on parkrun in particular and running in general. But first, just for a few statistics, I've looked up the current parkrun female record holders. So, at present, the female record holder for parkrun is Hannah Walker, who ran at St Albans Parkrun in an amazing time of 15 minutes and 55 seconds, and that was on the 27th of July in 2013. The female record holder running assisted with the Canny Cross Dog was Elaine Sherwin, running in a time of 15 minutes and 13 seconds at Kingsbury Water Parkrun, which was on the 11th of February in 2017. And the female wheelchair record holder is Lizzie Williams in a time of 15 minutes and 27 seconds and that was set at Dulwich Park Run on the 2nd of July in 2016. Those are absolutely amazing times. I'd love to get down to around the 25 minute mark so to work out that these women are running nearly 2 minutes a kilometre quicker than I am is absolutely unimaginable to me. So, first up, I'm going to be looking at sports bras. In my opinion, for women, the second most important piece of kit that you can have after your running shoes. Having a larger chest can put a lot of pressure on your back and shoulders, even more so when you're running. Runner's World suggests that a decent bra can reduce the bounce by up to half. You won't ever completely eliminate any sort of bouncing motion, but it's about getting the bounce sort of in unison with your torso and with your body so that your breasts aren't moving independently, which can cause problems. So what do you need to look for specifically when you're buying a sports bra? Some of the key points are a wide elastic band around the bottom of the bra which doesn't ride up when you lift your arms or create any sort of back bulges which could be uncomfortable. If you're buying a hooked bra, you can get one that uh, you should get one that you can fasten on the loosest hook so that as the elastic relaxes in the bra over time, you can actually just tighten it and it will make it last that little bit longer as well. Shoulder straps on the bras you get should be wide and padded to prevent any sort of discomfort on your shoulders, which will be supporting your chest, of course. Uh, the cups should completely cover your breasts, and it's good to keep in mind that your cup size may differ from your everyday bras as well. If you buy an underwire bra, uh, which is really good for extra support, the underwire should sit on your ribs and shouldn't be digging into your breasts or your underarms. 
Crop tops or compression bras can also be good for some people and if you find that one bra doesn't do the job you want it to, you can double layer a supportive underwire bra and then put a compression style bra or a crop top over the top for additional reinforcement. Sports bras can be very expensive so it is a good idea to try them on in the shop before you buy them. And you could do the bounce test by jumping up and down to see how much uh, the bra supports you. I also don't like spending more than about £20 on a bra if I can help it. To this end, the places that I normally go are places like TK Maxx, which can be a little bit hit and miss and also requires quite a lot of rummaging, but you can find some very good, fa fairly cheap sports clothing there. And also Decathlon, which I haven't yet bought a bra from, but I have bought some very nice cheap and cheerful running clothes, which have worked very well for me. Right, moving on from sports bras, I'm going to look at uh, running whilst pregnant because there has been a few articles on this I've noticed recently popping up. According to Runners Well, doctors consider that moderate exercise during a normal pregnancy is completely safe for baby. Running should cause no problems in the first trimester and it should be fine for most people in the second trimester. Few women would choose to run in their final three months, however. The most important precaution is to make sure you're staying cool enough and if in doubt, take your temperature after a run. If it's over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, you're probably overdoing it. Also, you need to skip that post-run soak in a very hot bath. You may have also seen a study which Parkrun referred to in April this year based on the effects of running whilst pregnant. It was the largest study ever conducted on running during pregnancy and was conducted thanks to the contribution of 1,293 female parkrunners around the world. The results were good news for pregnant women as it concluded that there were no ill effects related to the intensity or frequency of running and continuing throughout pregnancy was also safe. I will post the link to this report and all the links for any articles which I've referenced on my Facebook page so you can refer to them should you want any more information on anything that I've talked about here. So if you want a little more detail on running whilst pregnant, I'm going to put the link to that report that I've mentioned on my Facebook page. Just pop on there and have a look. So after baby, a common concern of new mums is how soon after having a baby can you sensibly begin running and or exercising again. This will, of course, be different for every new mum and can vary depending on what kind of birth you've had, whether you've had a natural birth or a caesarean. But the general consensus is that you should wait until you definitely wait until you've been signed off by the doctor at around the six to eight week mark. The other key points, which I found mentioned on pretty much every website, is first to regain the strength in your pelvic floor muscles. This is very important whether you're going to start exercising again or not, because not doing these exercises to rebuild, rebuild these muscles can lead to other problems later on. Exercises which are good for this include kegels, which I had to look up, I didn't know what they are. Again, links on my Facebook page. Walking, clamshells and others, but you should start with the easiest ones and work up to the more difficult ones. Again, because if you do anything that's uh, too intense training-wise, too soon after you've given birth, you might find this actually causes you more problems later down the line and doesn't help. These exercises to regain the strength in your pelvic floor should be done before you start running again. Jumping straight into intense exercise like running before you have the core or pelvic muscle strength could result in injury and pain. One website actually recommends waiting for your doctor to sign you off uh, to return to normal exercise and then taking for yourself another six to eight weeks just to get your body ready for cardio exercise by focusing on strengthening exercises like the ones that I've mentioned. 
leading up to the birth of your child, your body will have, producing, will have been producing the hormone relaxin and will continue to produce it for about five to six months after your baby is born, even longer if you're breastfeeding. This hormone, as the name suggests, relaxes the ligaments in your body in order to get the body ready for the birth, which is another reason that you need to do the exercises to rebuild this strength that you may have lost in your core and pelvic floor. The other thing to keep in mind for new mums who are breastfeeding. Apparently any lactic acid build-up in the body can make the milk taste a little more sour, so it's better if you can breastfeed or pump before you run, which will help to keep your baby happier if you're running with the buggy because he'll be fed and happy and can make your breast feel lighter for your run. If you are running with a buggy, it can take some time to get used to the new rhythm. I've read that trying to keep your running stance and posture as close to your normal running one, as if you didn't have the buggy with you, is a good method. This can be done by making sure that you run in a relatively upright position and aren't leaning on the buggy. If possible, you can maybe push it with one hand as well and use the other to swing as you naturally would with your running rhythm. And the main overriding message of all of this is that I've read is that you should take your time. There'll be some women who are jogging after 10 weeks and some might take a year before they get back into their normal sort of exercise jogging routine. Don't be hard on yourself. Your body has gone through a major trauma to grow and then bring your child into the world and everyone will heal at different rates. There is no normal for this kind of experience so you just need to listen to your body, be patient and uh, dial back the exercise if you need to. Like I say, most important thing, take your time. If you're in any doubt whatsoever, talk to a medical professional, get their advice on what, what they think you should be doing. And from new mums on to general points for everyone. So looking at safety issues, but whatever your gender, if you're running outside and you have headphones, and I've mentioned this before as well, um, if you're running in the dark and you're listening to music, you might not hear traffic, you might not hear someone who might be uh, wanting to do you any sort of harm. If you're running the same route every day at the same time every day, and then people, it's possible that people would get to know your route, so you need to maybe vary your route a little bit, vary the times or the time of day that you run. Runner's World actually mentions an American study which found that uh, running women produce a less potent form of estrogen than those who are more sedentary. This can halve the risk of developing breast or uterine cancer and can lower your risk of contracting the most common form of diabetes by up to two-thirds. As female runners, we should make sure that we're getting enough calcium and enough iron. Some of them, these are some of the most common deficiencies, and this is to maintain bone strength, bone strength, and prevent conditions like anemia. And as I've said several times, I'll putting all these uh, links to everything that I've referenced on my websites because I know there's a lot of information here. And if there's one particular topic here that's of particular interest to you, I'll put the links on there, and you can click it and read the articles in more detail. I feel like this is a good point actually to introduce one of my running nemeses and my lovely sister, Nikki. Uh, hello Nikki, welcome to the Stay Frosty Park Run podcast. Hello. Can I ask you how and when you got into park run? Uh, the first park run I ever did was in 2013 and you took me to it and it was in Barking, which is my home park run then and it is now. And then there was a big gap. Um, till this year, 2018, um, when I started again. <laughs> Can I ask, do you do any additional exercise out of park run? Yes. Outside of park run? Uh, yeah, yes I do. I do lots of um, uh, different exercise. What kind of things do you do? Uh, I do 
a lot of strength training and sort of hit cardio and uh, I do that at home and I use uh, YouTube there's a uh, videos done by a uh, fitness blender which is a lovely couple um, that do those and they've done them for years and yeah I, I've done them on and off for years but this year I've done it fairly consistently and combining things like stretching and things as well and also um, I've just started uh, yoga with Adrian which is also a free YouTube video selection which I absolutely love. Cool. Sounds like a lot more than I do. <laughs> Can I ask, uh, which exercise, if any of them, do you find the most beneficial for improving your park run times? That would have to be definitely the strength training. I was doing the HIT sort of uh, cardio, which I also find very beneficial, back in 2013. But this year I've, I've concentrated more on slowing down, doing strength work a lot more. And... Not only have I found that I haven't had the sort of small niggles of injuries, but previously I got to a certain speed um, at Park Run and it took a long time to get any faster. And this time, throughout the months, I seem to be improving very quickly, which I've never felt before. Yeah, no, I've and seen it. Bearing witness. I definitely attribute <laughs> that to, the, uh, to, to strength training and the hit cardio. It's right. been really good. Cool. With that in mind, can I ask, what is your current aim in terms of a Park Run time? Um, I suppose my uh, my fantasy uh, one day is to get down to uh, under the 20 minute mark. I'm not sure if it's physically possible. Oh, it's, my, it's possible. My it's body possible. will ever be able to do it. Um, in terms of shorter aims, uh, the fastest I've ever run is just under 24 minutes. So I'd like to sort of secure more in the sort of 23 minute mark. But that, that was the flat run at Barking. Yeah. I'd quite like to do some more hilly runs. Oh, yeah, as well. well. Get the time down. Okay, cool. And as a vegetarian, do you find that there are any foods in particular which are really good for fueling your runs? Like something you've eaten maybe the night before or certain things you've eaten in that week that, and then you have a really good run and you almost can't explain it except for maybe what you've eaten or not particularly? Um, I'd say not particularly. Particularly as a vegetarian, I don't think there's anything um, that uh, I struggle, that I'm lacking in terms of training. I don't feel there's anything I, I miss particularly from not eating meat. I do find um, eating before running very difficult. There's very few things I can eat before running which don't um, make me get a stitch. Do you mean Im immediately before? Yeah, sort of in the preceding three hours yeah. before. So for that sort of stuff, it has to be literally only bananas. is the only thing I can eat. Generally, in terms of diet, this year I've been focusing on eating a bigger range of vegetables and fruits, and I think that has improved my performance definitely okay so sort of uh, I'm a creature of habit and so I eat the same things regularly because I find it easier but this year I've made more of an effort to be a bit more adventurous with just a range of different things like different kales and different citrus fruits and smoothies in the morning and I do feel that that's improved not only my running time but just my general sort of health and immunity Okay, cool. That's certainly a very good tip to take on board. I know I should probably eat a, more, a wider range of veg. Jay and I are certainly quite creatures of habit. <laughs> you have quite long hair. Personally, I hate running with my hair, even though mine's not that long. If it's flicking in my face, I find it really distracting when I'm running or if it gets caught in my mouth or anything like that. How do you cope with long hair whilst you're running? Well, I think the fact it's, it's long is actually easier because you can just tie it back and nothing escapes and gets in your face so I do in the winter wear hats and sort of uh, headbands and scarves just to keep my ears warm but 
it's of a length which you can just tie the whole thing back and then it doesn't bother you. You don't find that the ponytail moving around bothers you at all? or No, I don't, I, that doesn't bother me. I don't think I have enough of a, a swing <laughs> for it to whip me in the face. <laughs> all right, and finally to wrap this one up, can I ask you, what is your best parkrun memory? That's a difficult one. Um, I think there was a certain point this year when I was running and my times were improving to a sort of steady pace. But there was a particular run I did in Barking where I found it much, much easier than I'd ever found it before. And it felt like I'd sort of hit a new level of fitness. So I still did a good time, I think it was a PB, but finishing it, although I was still pushing myself, I didn't feel as exhausted as I normally would. And that, that in itself I found quite a high and quite a positive thing. No, I can totally empathise with that. Actually, my, one of my favourite park runs is not the one that I currently have the best PB at. It's just the one where I felt the best whilst yeah. I was running. It's a lovely feeling. It's sort of a feeling of strength when you, you, you could have kept going. Hmm. It's very empowering. All right, well, thank you very much, Nikki, for your time. And good luck with your quest for the 20-minute mark. <laughs> thank you very um, much. I've no doubt you'll get there, having watched your improvements over the last year. Thank you. And now it's time once again for my star park run of the week. This week, I'd like to offer my congratulations to... Dylan. I know his name has come up before, but I'd like to give him a massive thumbs up for his first recorded run at South Norwood Park Run, for running under 30 minutes, but most importantly for finding the motivation to attend Park Run on his own, despite the rest of us running over in East London. Well done, Dylan, for completing South Norwood Park Run in a time of 29 minutes and 45 seconds. Really good going. I'd also like to add an extra congratulations to my lovely husband, Jay, for doing both Barking Park Run this week and then for letting me drag him along to the dressed as a Santa to the um, Great Ormond Street Hospital Santa 5K dash today, even though he has a cold as well. It's the first time he's done 10 kilometres over two days and he did absolutely brilliantly. Thank you, sweetie, and congratulations. If you know someone who you think deserves a mention or to be nominated as my star parkrunner of the week, simply let me know on the Stay Frosty Parkrun page or by dropping in me an email to stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com. So, moving on to my featured parkrun of the week. Last week I chose Hilly Fields as the parkrun because that was the one that I was at, attended last week. This week I've chosen Crane Parkrun because that's the one that actually Jay did last week. Crane Parkrun is located east of Twickenham in London and its nearest station is Witton Station, but it might actually be easier for most people to go to Twickenham Station and catch the 110 which goes past Crane Park. It is strongly recommended that you use public transport to get to this park run, as there's no car park nearby and any other parking is extremely limited. The surfaces here are mainly gravel paths with a little uh, gravel paths, sorry, with a little tarmac. This is a flat course consisting of about one and a half laps here, and they're very kind here because they transport your bags from the start round to the finish for you. There is no mention of toilets on the Crane Park Park Run page, and Jay isn't sure as he didn't use the facilities whilst he was there, so I think it's probably safe to assume that they don't have bathrooms at this park run. The volunteer numbers here fluctuate between about 15 and 30 people, which I suspect may be due to pacer days where the number of volunteers will suddenly jump up. Runner numbers maxed out on the 1st of January at 2018 at 369. 
but recently there have been around 150 to 180 people taking part each week. To date there have been 347 park runs at Crane Park and the start date was on the 9th of June in 2012. Jay says he'd definitely like to revisit this park run when the weather is a little better and he'd like to take me along to do it as well. He particularly liked the River Crane Shot Tower which is in the middle of the park which you actually run past on the course. It's the tall round brick structure that actually looks somewhat like a brick lighthouse. And if you'd like to hear your parkrun featured in this slot, please drop me a message and tell me about it. I can keep picking uh, different parkruns, but I'd love to hear some other people's opinions about their own favourite parkruns as well. And that noise means it's time once again to update my Christmas calendar. So I'm going to jump right in with Bognor Regis Park Run, which has a Christmas Day event at 9am and a New Year's Day event which is also at 9am. Cardiff Park Run has events Christmas and New Year's Day and they're both starting at 9am as well. Street Park Run has a 9am start for the Christmas Day event and a 9am start for their New Year's Day event. Witten Park Run has a Christmas Day event at 9am and a New Year's Day event which starts at 8.30am. Old Deer Park Park Run has an event on Christmas Day at 9am and also New Year's Day event at 9am. Livingston Park Run in Scotland has a Christmas Day event at 9.30am and a New Year's Day event at 11am. Lancaster Park Run event has events Christmas and New Year's Day and they're both starting at 10am. Enniskillen Park Run in Northern Ireland isn't having a Christmas Day event but is having a New Year's Day event and their New Year's one starts at 9.30am. Riddlesdown Park Run has events on Christmas Day and New Year's Day and again they're both starting at 9am. And finally, for this week, Maidenhead Park Run is having their Christmas Day Park Run event starting at 9am and a New Year's Day event which starts at 8.30am. We are drawing ever closer to Christmas now, but there's still time. If I haven't mentioned your local park run and you'd like me to let everyone else know what events they are running over Christmas, just drop me a mes message and I'll be happy to give, it, give out the information in my next uh, Christmas calendar update in the next podcast. So this week I've got a bumper update of our park runs. That's because this week my sister Nikki, my dad, my mum and my lovely husband Jay we all ran at Barking Park Run together, and Dylan, as I've mentioned, he ran at South Norwood. Barking Park Run was a little wet underfoot, and certainly the windiest I've experienced at any park run that I've done so far. Along the straight by the lake, both laps, the wind was nearly head-on, and it didn't help on the finishing straight either when it was trying to push all the runners sideways. So Nikki managed to complete Barking Park Run in a time of 24 minutes and 7 seconds and she was the second female finisher. Jay ran round in a time of 28 minutes and 19 seconds, well below his continued target of running under 30 minutes at each park run that he does. My mum and dad have just come back from holiday, so have not yet had the time to catch up on their training, but despite this, my dad completed the course in a time of 31 minutes and 26 seconds, and my mum came in in a time of 35 minutes and 49 seconds, so I'd just like to say well done to my amazing parents for doing that. Dylan, as I mentioned, ran around South Norwood in a fantastic time as well, 29 minutes and 45 seconds. 
And last but not least, certainly, I completed barking in a time of 27 minutes and 10 seconds. I'm very chuffed with that as it feels like I'm almost back on track to the fitness level I was before I injured my foot. I still have a few tweaks in my foot and my left knee and generally I feel them after I've finished running so I know I need to take it a little bit easy but I'm definitely on the mend and when I ran at Barking I was the fifth female finisher which is I think the highest that I've ever been so I was very happy with that. And that about wraps things up for this week. As always please get in touch with any of your nominations, anecdotes, parkrun stories I'd love to hear them and include them on my podcast if I can. Please drop me an email to stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com or leave a message or a comment on the Stay Frosty uh, Facebook page. Next week, I'm going to be talking about parkrun statistics, specifically your own recorded information and what it all means and how you can make comparisons and things like that. So, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you've all had great parkruns this weekend and I hope you all have an absolutely fantastic week. Stay frosty, parkrunners, and I'll see you all next week. Thank <laughs> you.